It's just their parenting, and that's just kind of how they raised us to let me know that not everything's guaranteed in life. My dad's always, always said, you can lose everything in a second. Always have things lined up. Welcome to the Amen Audio Experience, where we talk life, entrepreneurship, common sense business, and living up to your fullest potential. Remember to subscribe and shout us out on social media if you're enjoying the show. We really do appreciate all your support and attention, and we welcome comments or suggestions for topics you'd like to hear us cover. Now for today's episode. What is going on, everyone? My name is Jonathan, and I'm the host of the Amen Audio Experience. Today, we have with us Akash Patel. He, along with his family, own Akash Winery in the Temecula Valley area. And for those of you who don't know, Temecula is a quite a burgeoning wine district here in California. Of course, California is known for wines coming from Sonoma and the Napa area, but the Temecula area has uh, now, at this point, 50-plus wineries, and uh, they've just been zoned for about 100 more. So uh, over the next couple of years, we're definitely going to see... A a lot more wine coming from this area, a lot more wineries in the area. And uh, Akash and his family are uh, definitely leading that effort and at the forefront. They have a 100, 100% estate-grown wines and um, the aesthetic of their winery and the tasting room that they have there is absolutely incredible. Uh, if you get a chance, pop on over to the YouTube and check out the interview there. You'll get to see a little bit of uh, their winery and kind of how everything looks. And if you're in the area, I definitely recommend you stop by. But in any case, uh, this episode was really, really good. We got to speak with Akash on uh, on kind of his process and growing up in a very entrepreneurial family and what it takes to run a multi-million dollar winemaking operation. And uh, so it's absolutely fascinating. I'm really excited about launching this. Uh, let's get to the episode. I'm really curious, kind of give us a little bit of an introduction uh, on yourself and the uh, how long has this winery been open? Tell me, tell me a little bit about that. Okay, well, I am Akash, and uh, I'm the owner here alongside with my parents. Um, we just opened up our tasting room officially about three weeks ago. We had a grand opening party, uh, but this venture has been started about 10 years ago, and the dream started 20 years ago by my dad. Wow. I uh, missed the grand opening party, and I know I was I was DMing Akash on Instagram, and I was hoping that we would we would be able to uh, come out and make it. But it looked really good, and they have an incredible Instagram account. And if you're local at all in the Temecula area, I highly recommend you check this place out. Uh, I'm sure you'll be able to tell from the video and some of the B-roll the, the job that they've done here from a design standpoint is incredible, and it's Thank you. obvious the care and attention that you put into to this project. So, okay. So tell me a little bit about, um, the starting, like when you, you said the dream is 20 years old and this project kind of started about 10 years ago with your parents, were you, uh, always entrepreneurial or did you kind of, was this something that has begun more recently in the last 10 years? Um, no, I think my parents always instilled it into me that, you know, you got to be in business and you got to be an entrepreneur and, you know, you always have to have education on your side, but, um, business is kind of the way to go in our family at least and we come from the hospitality background and my parents have been in business for <clears throat> about 40 years now so oh wow um in motels okay and tell me about that a little bit okay so your hospitality background yeah so my parents they kind of did the american dream and they ventured out into the states and were, my parents kind of invested into a uh, mom and pop small time motel in a little small town off the i-40 in new mexico Oh, wow. And that's kind of where their dream started. And they just hustled and they worked. They made the beds. They checked guests in. They did the whole nine yards. And then raising my two older sisters, and that's what they did. And then uh, later on, they were successful in that over some time. And 
didn't have employees. Like they, you know, they would make, they, they would have all. the midnight shift and they would, they would do the whole thing. And then they did it with the property across the street. They got another loan on good faith and they started, uh, renovating that property, doing the same thing to that one. And then, you know, my dad goes, well, I, I can build these things. I, I think I can build them. So again, he did it with another property, renovated it, and then started building his own. And that was in about, I think, 89, 90. And that's actually when I was born. Okay. And he was building his first... Uh, so we're similar age then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 28. So I'm yeah, not 29. Sure. Yep. Yep. 89. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's kind of when, you know, he started building them. And then now he's built and renovated over 15 motels, I think, all in the state of New Mexico. And Wow. And uh, All from just running that one yeah. motel and doing everything. Yeah, my parents are very determined people. Okay. Uh, and they kind of instilled that in me too. So that's kind of to piggyback on the... Did I always know I was going to be an entrepreneur? Well, yeah, I always thought that, you know, I'm going to get in the hospitality industry. I'm going to, you know, motels, real estate, whatever it's going to be, that's kind of where I'm going to be at. I did not think I'd be in the wine business, but that's just something, you know, things led to another. And then my dad got this crazy bright idea that let's, let's get a vineyard. Let's get into the wine business. Let's put up a, a bed and breakfast on, you know, in wine country. And that's because he was actually out here looking for a motel to buy out here off Jefferson. We were going to, we were oh, wow. going to buy one of the motels there in 2001. Wow. So this okay. is where the dream starts 20 years ago. Huh. And uh, that's, kind of, that's kind of where it all started. That the, the door closed on buying that motel in the last minute or two. You know, something went wrong. I was very young at the time, didn't really know. And then he just was out here, you know, roaming around and said, we can, I think we can put a, maybe a motel on a vineyard or something. Let's see. So he bought a painting. Um, I talk about this and I tell this to everybody that he bought a painting of a vineyard, put it up in our living room in Anaheim at our house. We had already moved from New Mexico at this point. Okay. And so at that point, did you, um, you still owned, your family still owned some of the hotels? Yeah. Because at this point your dad has built, okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. My uh, eldest sister and her husband, they actually run and manage those properties, but my parents are always coming back and forth overlooking everything. So yeah, they're still, uh, they still run and operate three of them. Everything else we've kind of sold and ventured off, but we still own and operate three in that same little small town right off the I-40. And yeah, still the same house that I was born in and lived in and everything is still there. Wow. That's incredible. So then you mentioned a bed and breakfast. Is that here on the property? Not yet. Okay. Yeah, not yet. Uh, Hopefully we break ground for it next year at some point or the year after we're figuring this business out going to get into that next, but it'll be right here on the property, just uh, right above us. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. I, I can imagine that takes so much patience and it sounds like over the length of time that your dad and mom have been invested into not only the hospitality side, but over the 10 years that this whole thing has been yeah. a dream yeah. um, and then you executing on it. That's, that's really inspiring. I, you know, I think a lot of people are so concerned with immediate results and I think people get discouraged when they don't see something play out right away. You know, they're a real estate agent for three months or they get into social media or they create a podcast, right? And they don't get the results right away that they, they want. Mm -hmm. And then they get discouraged. Yeah. But it seems like this has been, um, really something where you guys have had incredible patience and you're starting to see some of the fruits of your labor. Definitely incredible patience. Uh, this is definitely an industry you have to be patient with because you're dealing with nature and we were trying to build something from scratch. This was just dirt when we got it. Um, so we put a lot of work into it, and yeah, patience is was tested many times in this trying to get it to open and dealing with all the government agencies and just construction itself and not knowing the winery business or the vineyard business and 
kind of just getting accustomed to it. We're still learning, you know, we're still learning what it's all about. And for anyone who doesn't know who's watching this right now, Temecula is kind of, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's wine country, but I yeah. think it's kind of a, uh, a stepsister it's, right now to the Sonoma Napa area. Is that still, you know, kind of how it's considered? And I know maybe you know, I'm saying I, that I to know. the wrong person. No, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it's considered yet. What I know in Temecula that's happening is something incredible. Uh-huh. It's a diamond in the rough. I think it's the next biggest thing to Southern California or to California, maybe even in the United States. Um, yeah, wine you, enthusiasts. How many, how many wineries are, are here right now? Do you have any? Roughly proposals? 50. Okay, Roughly yeah. 50 rezoned for another 100. So we'll wow. see in the next 10 years about 150 wineries. Wow. Yeah. And if you drive along any of these roads back here, I mean, it's they're covered with grapes. Your property itself, I mean, hearing that this was just dirt yeah. and then seeing it, you know, as we drove in, it's incredible. And you've done... It's it's very aesthetic. Thank you. Um, so it's it's really cool. Okay, yeah, we so like to make everything kind of stand out. You know, we're putting a lot of hard work into it. So I think the little things, if they stand out, the little things, then the whole place will stand out, right? Absolutely. Um, what was the decision? So you you talked about you know how your family came from New Mexico, living in Anaheim. Your dad bought that painting and kind of started to have this vision. At what point do you transition to it? you know, being your dad's vision to you kind of grabbing that and running with it. Cause you're definitely, I mean, you're of course working with them, but you know, I, I really sense you're definitely a leader in this, in this uh, endeavor. Yeah. And has um, your name. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's kind of where I really got into it was when my parents, we purchased this and then they said, well, we're going to name it after you. And I'm like, Whoa, don't, no, don't do that. You know? And then my dad was like, no, it's going to be named after you. And I think when he did that, like, to me, it was, well, if my name's going to be on it, I got to take it and run with it. You know, I can't let someone else do it. I got to, you know, my parents are giving me this opportunity, um, and they've worked so hard to get this opportunity that I got to work my ass off and and just take it and run with it and just go and learn and get involved and figure everything out that we don't know about it. And it was, you know... it's kind of a no-brainer, you know, at, at that point when you like you come out here, you see the beauty in the place, and you go to the other wineries and you see the lifestyle and, you know, the, the business side of it, and you're like, well, this is seems like a pretty good business to get into, you know? Mm-hmm. Definitely a long endeavor, but it's a fun one. Uh, it's a, it's definitely it's motivating to come come work on this and, and build it and continue it and, and do every little thing, you know? We, we try and keep everything in-house, but it's very family-oriented here, and that's the kind of feel we want. You'll always see me here. You'll always see my parents roaming around here. And so just, I was asking you about that a little bit beforehand, but how do people consume your wines? So was it just uh, on, on your property here? Do you work with distributors? Um, is it, do you use other grapes? Like, tell me a little bit about, because I know there's a whole right. back end oh, of yeah. the wine business. That, there is. Uh, so everything currently is 100% estate. Okay. Uh, that's kind of uh, mine and my winemaker's goal here is to keep everything estate and any other vineyards we acquire to manage that fruit just like we do here uh, with our protocols and our programs and our people so they know our quality and we don't purchase any outside fruit currently um yeah this is for you guys yeah we're just trying to keep it more more boutique and more care behind what we're putting in our bottle okay awesome uh question again and you're kind of mentioning some of the lifestyle stuff um you're younger, mm-hmm. and I'm curious, do you see a big 
distinction or do you even realize it, the difference in your lifestyle and what you're doing compared to your peers? And, and I'm asking that kind of specifically just because, uh, you know, I, I think, I mean, I, I enjoy wine, right? Uh-huh. And you're here making wine, yep. you know? So you're at a very different end of the spectrum than most people would be, and I, I assume you drink some wine as well. <laughs> yeah, a little bit here and there. <laughs> but um, how, how do you feel like your lifestyle differs as far as the t- things you're spending your time on? It's an interesting question. Uh, you know, I'm building a brand you know that's and that's what my focus is it's building the brand and building something that's relatable to our peers mm-hmm. an environment giving them an environment that is relatable to people in our age group and wine might be considered a more sophisticated older person's drink of choice but i don't believe that it should be i think we're showing that in our packaging if you come to our tasting lounge it's a lounge it's not a tasting room you sit down you hang out you have a knowledgeable server that can that can relate to you, that can talk to you about wine, talk to you about personal stuff, whatever you want, you know, get involved with you and make you feel comfortable about the product we have here. Cause it, that's, that's kind of my goal, I guess, if that's kind of answering your question. Yeah, absolutely. It's just making it relatable to people in our age group, creating an environment for them that they like, that they can hang out in and that they don't feel like they don't know what's going on, that they're just giving somebody a ticket at the bar and someone's pouring them some wine that they have no idea what's going on with it and they don't know the labor of love that went into it so we we train our staff to kind of showcase that a little bit here and like I said a little more attention to detail and just kind of how I imagine that I would want to drink wine and if I were coming to wine country I want to I don't want to be at the bar giving somebody a ticket and giving me a little pour and then I got to go back sit down hang up you're supposed to be enjoying this right so I think that's where we're we're doing a different take on it, and I hope that that is more relatable to our peers. I like that. And the question was, was because I'm hearing, I, I love this just because of my background in hospitality. It is so obvious how much you care about the experience of the folks that come here and, and enjoy your wine and enjoy the experience that you've created here. But it was, it was more of a question, you know, because I, I know there are a lot of people out there that might want to own their own business, uh-huh. maybe even own their own winery someday, yeah, right? right? And, um, you know, what, what is the lifestyle differences? I mean, are you watching Netflix a lot? Are you <laughs> waking up super early? Are you, what kind of personal habits do you feel like you've had to cultivate? I know you said, of course, your focus is on creating a brand. Right. So I know for you, kind of second nature, that probably locks you into kind of a certain, uh, like I'm always working basically. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know what so, I mean? Yeah, like, okay. Um, Tell me definitely about that I zone out too, but I think with social media, you're kind of always working. Like, I don't really care about my personal Instagram, but when it comes to the business Instagram, I'm the one managing it alongside my wife, and we're kind of, we're just always on it, you know, trying to trying to build it and build it. But in the free time and in our lifestyle, I mean, you know, we like to chill out, hang out. We're big foodies. We like to eat, you know, go try new restaurants and go look at other places to get inspired too, not, you know, just to see what they're doing and learn from them. So... I think that's where my lifestyle is different than the average is when we go out, I'm always looking at what other people are doing in their businesses. So just trying to focus and sorry for interrupting, but uh, just kind of on that, are you more focused operationally? Are you looking specifically like if you're sitting down in a restaurant, are you all customer service and you're looking how the servers are? (laughs) Like where's your head at? 
my, if my wife was here, she would laugh because it goes from the whole spectrum of things. I'll look at people's fire sprinkler systems. Okay. She's like, okay, they, you know, they did almost a similar fire sprinkler, you know, down to those things uh-huh. where, oh, they use this company because I can see that they have this, you know, like we use CentOS. So yeah. I saw a mop head on the ground the other day and I'm like, oh, they use CentOS, you know, like they're doing it. So I'm validating what we're doing by them or yeah, customer service. Like this is how they kind of run their business. This is their operational, you know, so it's always glassware oh this is what they're using for you know it's just picking up on little things and that's just kind of how my brain goes it just you know i'm always thinking how can we what can we do here so i guess in that sense yeah my brain's always working but definitely uh we like to just take our time too and hang out and just chill Uh yeah i don't try to overwork myself but i think at the end of the day when you're building your own brand you're always thinking how can you excel it you know when you're especially when you're locked in and we're so locked in right now Uh so well, yeah. If if you're if you're so focused on that goal and that dream yeah. of what you're doing, it some of the things, some of the extra things fall off. Like yeah. it's hard to maybe watch a show on Netflix or Hulu when you have in the back of your mind something else. It's that well, I do. I do about. love my my Netflix and Hulu. I'll tell you that much. So I do watch <laughs> a lot of shows. And what I shows do. here? We have to. Oh man, we binge watch a lot of shows <laughs> right what? now. I'm currently watching Entourage, okay, and it's kind of funny because I think that it's kind of like just I think I don't know because of the opening of the business, and everything. It's kind of like that feel good, like you see a lot of success happening in that show, and it's kind of it's just a fun show to watch, and especially when you're opening a business, it kind of gets you more motivated, and it's it's funny too, and it's kind of one of those. Uh, I guess they now label it as casual watching on mm-hmm. Netflix. So it's something you can watch, but you can be on your phone or you can, you know. DMing people yeah, on Instagram. Exactly, probably working. talking to you. Yep. Yeah, exactly. When are we going to do the podcast? You know, like that. It's, yeah. I was probably watching it while I was DMing you. So. That's cool. Yeah, just yeah, just a little insight, I guess. On You mentioned inspiration. What inspires you? Um, whether it's from a design standpoint or uh, even if it's something like another entrepreneur or maybe a book or your family or kind of what what inspires you and gives you that creative edge because it's I mean it's very apparent here that you're doing something right I would say my parents um there's not a day that goes by that I don't know how hard they worked for what we have today and what they went through and the sacrifices they made um they've shared so many stories with us and you know always kind of educating me and my sisters like you know, life was hard. You know, we had to go through a lot to get you where you are now. So I think knowing that I have such a head start on so many people, I can't take that for granted, not for a second. So I got to make sure I'm always on everything that I'm trying to break grounds and I'm trying to excel this brand, excel this place to a whole nother level and just kind of, you know, pay homage to my parents. Like, you know, you're in good hands. Like you left everything in great hands. We're going to take care of it. And we're going to, we're going to build something that it's a legacy at the end of the day. It's something my parents did. And now it's a story we get to tell and we get to share it over wine and build a beautiful product and it's from the labor of love. And I think it's just, it's the whole nature of what we're in and who I'm doing it for. Mm-hmm. What? How did they instill that in you? Because, And I guess when you were saying that, I'm thinking there are many parents, and they immigrated to the U.S., correct? Yeah, I that's think correct, you mentioned yeah. that. Um, there are many parents that do immigrate here that do create an incredible life and then their kids or you know the next generation ends up being more entitled because it's on the backs of everything that they worked on and so they don't have to have a similarly difficult childhood it sounds like you're very grateful yeah and you're very you have a lot of perspective on what it took them to get yeah. uh, you guys to where you are now how was that something that they spoke about in the home is that something that you kind of just naturally felt inside no, they uh 
yeah, they, they shared stories all the time over dinner, just letting us know. And I think it's, uh, it's just their parenting and that's just kind of how they raised us. And I think, you know, it was great parenting what they did and, you know, not to let me know that not everything's guaranteed in life. My dad's always, always said, you can lose everything in a second. So if you don't have backup plans and you're not street smart and you're not aware, there's one thing to be book smart, but you got to be street smart and you got to be aware of what's going on and always have things lined up. And I think just over time from a young kid, they've always instilled to just be prepared that, you know, they, at one second they were kicked out of Africa and they lost everything. They didn't have anything. They, they, grew, were, they grew up in Africa? Yeah, so both my parents were born in Africa. Oh, my wow. mom was born in Kenya. My dad was born in Uganda. Okay. Then a British ruler came in and actually told that all Indian people, you need to leave within 90 days. You need to get wow. out of my country. We don't want you here. And their families left. They had to find each other. There was no cell phones. There was no direct messaging, no texting. Like, hey, where are you at, sis? You know, it's, my dad ended up in one part of Canada. His family ended up in another part. Wow. And then he's got to figure out how to get to them, you know, and it's picking up pay phones and trying to figure out who went where. Yeah. And then coming to the States and trying to make something of himself. And then you see what they did with themselves. And you're kind of like, well, it's big shoes to fill. Yeah. You know, and like you said, some people might feel entitled where I just want, you know, they put my name on it. So I want to make sure, like I said, I'm, I'm giving the best that I can. It's kind of validating myself and, you know, like. Like I said, they're they're leaving it in good hands, mm-hmm. and I want them to be comfortable that they're leaving it in good hands, and that's what I'm here to do and keep breaking grounds because that's what they did. Love and that. they've shared so many stories where you just kind of you just take a step back and you're kind of like, well, can would I be able to do what they did? And my dad always says, like, I challenge you, I challenge you to go do what I had to do. You know, just try it. Well, think and think about that. I mean, this is a little bit of a sidebar in a way, but um, no texting, right? Yeah, just communication. Think about marketing. I mean, you yeah. and I now, we have the advantage of being able to grab our, our phones yep. and you know you can Google something. You can Google the best way to do X, Y, and Z, whatever yep. it is, right? You could probably even, I mean, I'm sure the results would, wouldn't be accurate, but you could Google how to start a winery, yeah. right? But you, the, the point there that I'm trying to make is like you can see right in front of you, you have some sort of resource. And back then they didn't have that. And yeah. I think we're kind of in the same similar age category where, you know, I remember a time where, you know, you, there was dial up internet and yeah. there was, <laughs> you know, uh, email was just coming out and some of these things were happening. And just to think that there were people like your parents that had to work so hard and were able to accomplish a lot, but they didn't have the advantages of the communication and the technology and everything right at their fingertips. I, I feel like it was exponentially more difficult. Oh yeah, and it's more inspirational that they could yeah. create something. Yeah, I think so. I with mean, the hospitality side. That, yeah, there just there was none of that. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you so going on that hospitality topic and, and just talking about this place here? Um, do you do something specific? Do you kind of look for something specific in the people that you're looking to work here? How do you? What is the culture that you're trying to establish here at, at the Akash Winery? Uh, a place where our team members want to come and work. Um, I always share with them here. We're about teamwork. We got to work together. We got to communicate. Uh, we got to, we're trying to bring a different style of a tasting room. It's a tasting lounge. So there's a lot of moving parts. It's a whole different business model so that they, you know, work with us. And I'm a team member, you know, at the end of the day, I don't say I'm, you know, whatever I say goes like, we want to hear your feedback. We want to listen to, we want to know how we can become better. Right. And with that being said, you'll find me busting tables. You'll find me washing dishes. You'll see me checking in guests because I need to know every part of my business. And I hope that they know that I'm here to learn too and that 
we want to create a great place for everyone to come to, not only to work at, but to visit our place. Mm-hmm. And we want it to feel like family, you know? That's, that's kind of the goal we're going for. Do you have, find that a struggle? Um, because I, that resonates with me a lot, and mm-hmm. being on the team, you're on the team with them. It's not like you're the boss and they're Correct. the employee, even though that's technically how it's structured. Yeah, it is, structured. technically structured, yeah. But you know, you're very much in the trenches with them getting this stuff done, and, yeah. and that's how my company is set up, and it's, that's how you're doing things here as well. Do you find that there's a struggle at all with really getting people to open up and really feel the liberty to express their opinions and emotions because there is still that baked-in fear of kind of other environments that may have, they may have been in? about the boss or the, the kind of the hierarchy of not wanting to upset you so that they like get fired or something? Uh, maybe yes and no. You know, I, I'm still, we're still new in this, so I'm still learning. And I, we have a new staff and everything's new. The business is new. The operation is new that we're implementing. So I think that's a question I'll have to learn over time to be able to answer that. Hey, I think we'll come that, back in a couple of years yeah, and read and yeah. you the question. Well, my hair, I'll be pulling my hair out. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I think that, I think we have a good thing going. I think I think people. I think all of our team is catching on to the vibe we want here. Mm-hmm. Um, we want people to be happy. At the end of the day, that's my goal. Everybody to be happy. Mm-hmm. Do you do uh, training? Is it a lot of on-the-job training? Do you uh, what, what do you do as far as that goes to get someone ready for this different environment that you have? Well, we it? basically have like a three-part interview process. Okay. Um, the initial job application, then like a vetted out. We, we look through everything on their history of their resume, have an email chat with them real quick, bring them in, fill them out with a few questions that we have set up. After that, assess, do they fit our culture? Explain to them what our culture is, explain to them what we're expecting out of them when they're on the team, mm-hmm. you know, that team environment. And then see if they're cool with it, see if they're still on board. Then we go to the drawing board. Okay, is everything good? cool can you come back for a second round interview now we do a little bit of role play we give them more information on our winery more about the style we're doing and then we'll do kind of like a dialogue play to see how they answer questions if they memorize most of our stuff and all the information we gave them if they took the time to do it Mm -hmm. so then we fill them out again see if the vibe's right when they're doing the role play and then we'll bring them in for like a training session live when before we started everything we did about three or four training sessions to get the entire staff ready Mm, that's awesome um on the weekends just four hours a day brought them in and just kind of went through what we're expecting here all of the things there's a lot it's it's an animal you know it's Mm -hmm. a new business we're also trying to figure out how to run run this business so you're working on your wines you're working on there's a it's a huge this yeah it's crazy because we still got winemaking we still got vineyard uh, maintenance we were under construction still building the thing you know so yeah it's been a lot to get here so we yeah we, to go back we we do a intensive interview process but i think it's it's fitting for the style we want here and it's worth it because we want the right people working in our environment and in, in this culture mm-hmm. do you um when you're juggling all those things do you find it's challenging to I guess what I'm trying to ask is, for me personally, it's been challenging to stay focused on the culture and the brand and kind of the vision. And it seems like you have a really clear perspective of what the vision is or where you're going, mm-hmm. whether it's here, getting this off the ground, then into the bed and breakfast. You know, you have your vision very clearly uh, defined in your head. But of course, you're, you know, like you're talking about, there's the daily things. There's the busting the tables and training yeah. the team members and, you know, the wine and the construction and everything else you mentioned. So do you ever feel 
and, and if you do feel this, how do you handle it? Do you ever feel a dichotomy or a, a, a stress between keeping your focus and your your vision and your kind of mindset set on where you're going, but then also having to deal with kind of the little busy work? No, I, I don't. Um, I don't know. I don't. I, not yet. Okay. Definitely not yet. Um, we've been through a lot on this project. I think we've gotten through so many hurdles and so many steps and everything. So to me, everything's just like exciting. Let's do it. Let's, you know, let's do it. I don't want to burn myself out either. So, you know, just staying focused, but knowing that all these tasks are manageable at the end of the day and dedicating specific times and just implementing strategies. And we have a great team on the back end who we, you know, like I said, my wife helps me out and we have our director of operations. She's awesome. Like we have a lot of structure on the back end which is awesome our winemaker he's awesome he so he helps me with the winemaking and, and the vineyard protocols and doing all that stuff so we have great structure behind us which helps me focus on so many different things because they got the other stuff down mm, that's awesome do you have um, a certain side of the business that you tend to go towards like uh whether it's operations or i guess a strength versus a weakness no, I try and nerd out on every part. I think so. <laughs> I, I don't know everything's so fascinating. Like I said, I'll even look at sprinklers at other or at other businesses. You know, like from the construction side to the branding side, I get so involved in designing. I like to have my hands in everything. Mm-hmm. I think one thing my parents has always taught me is you got to know every single part of your business. You may not have to do it every single day, but if you don't know it, then you don't know, right? You don't know what's going on, and you need to know what's going on. And, every part of your business. With that said, do you feel like you... Uh, sorry to cut no, you off. No, you're good, you're um, good. With that said, do you have uh, something that you'd consider like a weakness? Hmm. It's a tough question. I'm not weak. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I don't get tired. <laughs> I, no, I don't know. Maybe... Um, maybe sometimes I can get tunnel vision, right? So mm-hmm. I can be so locked into something and I can... I don't take a step back to realize like, hey, maybe take a step back, let's are we doing the right thing here, you know? Mm-hmm. So maybe maybe that, but I think we're, with the structure I have behind me, with all the people, I think that we balance each other out, that they can, we can always like take a step back because, you know, we're, we're all looking at what we're doing here. Mm-hmm. And then we can understand, yeah, this is a good idea or this is not. So I think maybe that would be yeah. a weakness. It sounds like you've built a really incredible team that allows you to um, have that focus and that focus on, whether it's building your brand, the sprinklers, whatever, yeah. whatever else it is, you know, the social media or whatever, um, it allows you to be successful because having that tunnel vision doesn't completely mean that another part of the business shuts off. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I, you know, hearing this and, and listening to your story, it's obvious there are a number of different things that are making you successful and I think are going to continue to push that forward. Um, I'm hearing a lot of like curiosity. It's, I don't know if you said it actually, but you know, from looking at what type of mops they're using to the sprinklers, to the types of wine, to the wine bottles, seems like you're asking a lot of questions, you know, why, why is this being done this way? And looking at every opportunity to challenge kind of the status quo, you want to have a tasting lounge, right? Instead of a tasting room and doing things just a little bit differently that'll enable you to create a custom culture that's uniquely yours. And I, I really, really love that. Um, I think that was well put. I, that's, yeah, I think it's just the asking the whys and always 
like I, I try to be a sponge and I think that's what my winemakers always taught me to be too is just like he's always let me ask him any question I wanted you know so he's taught me a lot about this business so then I can just by asking and always answering my questions and if he doesn't know he'll go find out how'd you meet uh, your winemaker or some of the other influential people here I think it's with? always just right place at the right time putting yourself in the position you know um, it was actually while we were constructing this building a uh, lady drives up our, our driveway and she's just kind of poking her head around what, what are you guys doing here and we're like me and my dad were just hanging out kind of I think they were starting to put up some beams or something like that I, I honestly forget and and we start talking, one conversation leads to another. She ends up owning a vineyard out here too. And then, well, we need someone to help us make our wine. We don't know what we're doing yet. Who's making your wine? She goes, hop in my car, I'll go show you. I'll, I'll, I'll introduce you to him. So we bombard our winemaker Renato's office. Mm -hmm. She's like, hey, I meet these people. And you know, they, they're looking for a winemaker. And then he, he did, long story short, he ended up being the real deal. Mm -hmm. Like he's. He's like, uh, he's like my older brother. He just taught me everything and he took me under his wing and um, he's very humble. He's very about the passion, the business and understanding it all. And So you didn't even have a winemaker when you started constructing. That's <laughs> no. incredible. We, we had our vineyard, everything in and we were just kind of like, I don't know, we just started, you know, we came into a blind, but now I think we're, we got a good grasp on what we're doing here. That is so incredible. I, so many people, and this is something else I'm hearing as I interview some entrepreneurs, uh, they will have a vision of something that they want to do and then they'll just start doing it. Yeah. And then the pieces will work themselves out along the way. Yeah. Someone will walk up the driveway. Yeah. Uh, they'll see something somewhere. Like the pieces start falling into place, but they only fall into place when you have that momentum. Right. And you have that drive well, forward. Well, like I said, I even with uh, you asked me about Temecula Life, the page, and um, Luis is the one who runs it. And like I said, he was just riding his bike and he DM'd me. I just started an Instagram. We just had a vineyard, you know, but I started the Instagram just to have it going. And he just DMs me, hey, can I take a picture? And I was like, well, yeah, but let me come meet you too. You know, just kind of putting myself in that position. I meet him and then his brand, his brand is now blowing up like crazy. And so are we. And, and now we're able to collaborate together and do fun things together because we built a friendship. And same with my winemaker, you know, we built a, a true, genuine friendship and we've become brothers. And, and that, like I said, it's a family feel we want here. So... Just to kind of piggyback, like it's about putting yourself in the positions. Um, even like I said, I'm always open to doing podcast interviews, and just you never know where something's going to take you, so you can't you can't shut things out. And I so appreciate you being open to doing this. Yeah, a lot of people. I think podcasts are starting to come out a little bit more as far as a medium, a, a media avenue that people will listen to, whether on drives or whatever. But, yeah. Um, sometimes people are you know uncomfortable or whatever with it. So I'm really thankful that you were you know welcoming up course, into your yeah. space here and i'm looking forward to trying some of the wines um yeah. where can where can people find out more about you if they're trying to connect up with you uh website instagram facebook um, and it's just akash winery yep uh is the instagram handle yep okay. akash winery akashwinery.com uh yelp has a lot of information on us and we do things by reservation here so we we ask people to jump on Yelp and just make a reservation to come in and, and, and visit our tasting lounge because it is a seated experience that you, you get and you try our wines. And so we ask people to make reservations and it, it helps both both sides have that that five-star experience. Totally. So is it you book a table, one yep. of the tables that are here, yep. and then you go sit down and come with friends? or Yeah, so you just check in at the host stand and we'll get you checked in, we'll get you seated right away, and then a server comes up and kind of gives you the spiel on what we're going to do here and how we're going to... 
present it because we don't have a book of wines here. We have, you know, six wines. We're pouring sometimes seven, sometimes five. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, it's all estate. So we're, you know, inventories, uh, wine is going out and we're, you know, trying to manage our inventory as best as we can. So whatever's available is kind of what's available, yep. which is really cool. It's yeah. super authentic, and it's you know you're gonna get something that's grown, you know, right over there. Right, right exactly. That's and that's cool. You're really able awesome. to do that, so it's cool. And then in our tasting lounge is kind of more intimate. So if it's a party larger than ten, we ask them to call in prior, make a, a formal reservation with our director of operations, and we'll set something up for them special, maybe because it might be a little bit larger of a group. So the tasting experience that we do here might get shot. So we do something different for them, more of a bottle service, but you get a server and you might be on the patio on the side and we don't want it to get too rowdy in here. That's a kind of our our goal is to keep the space more um, intimate. Okay. And then, you know, we have our wine club area for our club members to come and lounge in. If they don't want to do a reservation, they can just walk in and go to their little, out there. Yeah, we got cool some... games. So trying to keep it young, fun, and have cool games. And we have cool art displayed all around the building. And yeah. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. So you said uh, Akash Winery is where they can find you on Instagram, website, Yelp. um, Facebook. Facebook. I try to be on everything. Try to be on all the platforms. Yep. Good stuff. Okay. Well, hey, Akash, thank thank you so much. I really appreciate it. All right. You guys have a wonderful day. And uh, awesome episode. One of the things that really kind of just struck me, and and I mentioned a little bit in the episode, but um, just the curiosity, the constant curiosity and the uh, action-oriented mindset. And I think, again, you know, we're seeing this as something that pops up uh, repeatedly when we're speaking to these entrepreneurs and these business owners. Um, You know, it's, it's that curiosity and being willing to take action and try some stuff. And whether that is uh, looking and like you were saying, looking at the mops or looking at the sprinkler systems or whatever, um, you know, always having this insatiable curiosity around what is going on. How are other businesses doing it? How can I improve my own business? Um, You know, that was just for me, a big takeaway. And I know if you are an entrepreneur or if you want to start something, being curious is an extremely powerful trait to have because it allows you to constantly be innovating and growing and uh, taking ideas and maybe even ideas from other uh, environments that are unrelated to your own. So in any case, thank you so much, Akash, uh, for having us out to your winery. And uh, I'm, I'm really excited about launching this. Again, I know I mentioned this at the beginning. We do have a YouTube channel and um, these episodes and these interviews are all being put there as well. So if you go over to YouTube, type in Amen Audio Experience, uh, you'll see these pop up and we have a couple over there as well. So anyway, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate uh, your time and attention and we will see you all in the next episode. What's up, podcast people? Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I would absolutely love to hear your perspective and opinions on the topics we covered today. So uh, if you're interested in giving me a shout, go ahead, head on over to Instagram. At Jono Amon is my handle. That's J-O-N-O-A-Y-M-I-N. And you can send me a direct message or interact with me on my stories. I'm pretty active on that profile. So uh, you can definitely reach me there. I also have a website. So if you head on over to www.jonathanamon.com, that's J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N-A-Y-M-I-N.com. You can go and read more about me and see some of the other content that I'm putting out as well as uh, some of the companies I run and just basically see what I'm up to. So anyway, thank you so much again for your time. And uh, I hope you have a kick-ass day.